Hello, everybody. You have Jake flying solo today. I'm going to be discussing the 2023 DCU slash DCEU film, Blue Beetle, starring Zolo Maraduena, Adriana Barraza, Damian Alcazar, Opidia Carrillo, Bruna Marquezine, Raul Max Trujillo, Susan Sarandon, and George Lopez. The film was directed by Angel Manuel Soto. The film was made for a budget of $104 million and has made $43.4 million so far. I will just lead off with the fact that I really enjoyed this film. Uh, and I'm going to play a little defense for here. So it made $25 million internationally, $18 million, uh, $25 million domestically, $18 million internationally, and $43.5 million globally this past weekend against a budget of $104 million. That's not really great. Uh, to be honest, it's actually pretty bad. It's one of the weakest openings um, for DCU, and which isn't which normally isn't good. But with that being said, there's a couple of things going against it. So first, even though it's the first film, Blue Beetle has been accepted as the first character who's definitely going to be transitioning over to James Gunn's DCU, which is what he's calling it after being called DCEU forever. Um, so even though this film was made under the DCEU leadership, this character will be part an actor and likely supporting cast will all be part of the future moving forward and part of James Gunn's D DCU or his vision. However, that being said, that's kind of, that's obviously a lot of context and ifs and buts and massaging there for a regular person to understand. And on top of the fact that characters like Flash and Shazam have been hung out to dry, I don't think it's clear that they're really investing in Blue Beetle. So first of all, the fans themselves and the overall movie-going audience has seen DCU hang on all these characters to dry. So I feel like that's definitely hurt some of the overall momentum. Other things working against it, uh, the fact that there's those ongoing actors and writer strikes, that means that the writers and actors can't do any promotion. That really hurts marketing. Uh, no, that being said, I've always been kind of critical of marketing, not really sure they need to spend 50%, sometimes they spend 100% of the production budget or more on marketing. I think that's unnecessary. Uh, at the same time, marketing definitely has an effect. Whether it's 10%, 50%, 100%, I'm not sure how it affects the overall box office, but it's definitely necessary. And the fact you can't do what you normally do in terms of the promotion, late night shows, even social marketing, um, it, it hurts. Those factors combined on top with the fact of just the timing. Uh, first of all, mid-August, one of the weakest times for box office. Um, I would really say probably outside of January and February. Um, with that being said, frequently there will be a big blockbuster movie kind of released early August or late July, hoping to take advantage of that weakness and get some long legs. Uh, this is I'm literally opening two weeks before Labor Day, though, so it's not really set up for that type of uh, strategy, I'd say. The other thing hurting it, I mean, now with the small budget, even opening this time makes sense, hoping you could take advantage in a small window, but it's just being hurt like so many other films this summer by Barbenheimer. I mean, they took down Tom Cruise, they're taking down Blue Beetle here. Barbie and Oppenheimer are number two and three uh, combined. Uh, they're counting for 30 million, whereas Blue Beetle only accounted for 25 million this, this week. Uh, imagine if they, Blue, Beetle, Blue, Beetle, Blue Beetle was able to get half or more of that 30 million. This would be a totally different conversation, um, which is 
makes sense given the small budgets here, the margins are smaller. It's going to be a smaller difference to whether or not you win. I'm going to stop talking about things no one else cares about. Uh, but I'm feeling a lot of defense for this film. I really like it. And I do hope if we don't get a film, maybe we get to see this character in a show um, or a film or in someone else's film. But this is honestly, like, after seeing this, they should do it. This character would be great for a limited series, I believe. And I think they could do that at a smaller budget. Um, we'll get into that in a moment. Um, but I like this film. I like this character. I, we'll get into those likes right now to dive into them a little further. First, I really, really, really have to say that I love the family. And I know that is a little obnoxious, all the reallys, but they were incredible. Damien Alcazar as the father Alberto, Alpidia, Alpidia Carrillo as Rocio Reyes, the mother, Adriano Barraza as Nana. They were just all incredible. Everyone within, oh, and I'm sorry, Belissa Escobeda as Milagro, the younger sister. They were all incredible as the family unit. I also have to give credit to Zogo Mero Duena. He was incredible in the lead role. And Bruno Marquezine as Jenny Cord, his love interest, and one of, I think you could say co-hero. Um, really liked everyone's chemistry, especially the romance between Zolo and Bruna. Really liked them. Uh, the cast was incredible. Just re really reminded me of, a lot of aspects of this movie reminded me of Marvel Phase 1. Uh, yeah, those movies had flaws, uh, but th there was a charm and a humor and a balance between stakes and humor that really worked. And there's also an excitement, like, or a pace to those films. Um, now, while those films had flaws, this film does definitely had flaws too. I'll get into those in a moment, but just this film had great chemistry, great humor, and uh, great balance. And it, part of that balance too, in terms of the, the humor and the heart was also the balance between characters. Uh, and not only was the chemistry between the cast great, a lot of the cast had things to do. They gave the sister, the, oh, George Lopez is the uncle, was incredible, Rudy. I can't believe I forgot to mention him, but everyone had something to do. Everyone, like, what they ultimately did was set up Zolo Maraduena as Jaime Reyes, or excuse me, Jaime Reyes as Blue Beetle as the main hero, but they make everyone else a hero around him. Like, Jenny Cord is a hero in her own right, too. And Rudy is a hero. Like, it, they do a good job of, of really changing his whole supporting cast and like his team, really, that's ultimately what they are. They act as his team here. The other thing I loved was they had real stakes. Like, I won't give anything else away for fear of spoilers, but it it had very legit stakes. Um, and on one thing I'll say on top of that, as I said before, but between balance, I know I kind of touched on it. The humor was incredible. Uh, it was really great. They did a, the humor in a way where it never stepped on the emotional moments, or at least I didn't feel like that. There are a couple times where it was maybe a little corny, or but this is also trying to be a wide movie. You're, there's going to be jokes. This is a family film, too. There's going to be jokes for people outside of my demo. Um, and while there are a few jokes that I kind of like rolled my eyes at, never, again, took me out of the moment or ruined it or felt like it was disrespecting me as an audience member, which, again, probably sounds too defensive. But the humor is great. And I really enjoyed it. And it was just, it was a really well-crafted film in many aspects, especially the emotional and story aspect. Now, with that being said, there were dislikes. Namely, the villains were just bland. They were, Susan Sarandon was too unsympathetic. She was basically evil for evil's sake. She was cruel. 
malicious and like there's a moment where they try and humanize her but it's ultimately not enough and she's great and she chews up the scenery and while i do think she's fun she's fun um it's i think a missed opportunity to just give her a little more depth um they just kind of make her a racist evil person and really unsympathetic and we don't really get why she does things outside of because she's bad which is i think boring then the other villain is Carapax, and he was ultimately too sympathetic. Um, I, I love Max, excuse me, Raul Max Trujillo. Love him in Apocalypto. I think he's a really underrated and underused actor, and he's good in the role. But ultimately, my problem with the character is um, this, and I said this before, this was an issue I had in Shang-Chi, and this is an issue I've had in some of the recent films when they do go with a character who's um, not white. The only evil person in the film is white. And everyone else is either like, like Shang-Chi, his dad isn't actually evil. He's just being possessed or controlled by something that's evil. And like, to me, I'm so sick of that trope. Like Black Panther, not one of the things that made Black Panther great was there were white and black heroes and villains. I'm not saying it always has to be that way, but like, this is the way they told stories in like the 50s and 60s where the quote unquote, where usually be the minority being the bad guy or the foreigner being the bad person. And I'm just saying, like, outside of not, I, I'm not whining here as, like, a white guy saying, oh, no, you're hurting my feelings. Not that at all. Just from someone who likes movies and shows, it's boring. Like, there's no, you, if the white person is always the only evil person, like, there's no mystery. or And that was definitely an aspect of the character with Carapax. They wanted you to be surprised when you found out that he wasn't this evil character. But I just, it didn't work for me. Um, now, that being said, didn't ruin the movie. But it just, just took a, a big aspect of the film which these films, a good villain can really elevate it. It certainly didn't have that. The other thing that really bothered me, the action was just weak. To be honest, I felt like this movie strained when it went for the bigger uh, set piece action scenes. Um, not terrible, but just boring to me. Um, not really imaginative, not particularly memorable. Um, and what's, what's weird is the, those to me should be the easy things. Um, the action scenes, that should be pretty standard, especially given how many films both studios, old, these studios have made by now, whether it's Sony, Marvel, or Warner Brothers. They've, they've all made good, or DCU, they've all made good films and good action before. The fact that it struggles there is a little surprising. At the same time, the fact that it really thrives in the intimate scenes or emotional scenes and family scenes is I also think equally impressive. And to me that that ultimately is more impressive than the bland action because the action, even though the third act is a little bloated and long, ultimately it's more an emotional family film and it really thrives in that vein, which I hope ultimately is going to help its score here. As I said, the finale was a little overlong, hurting the third act and also just making the film a little too long. Uh, with that being said though, it's still, it's a quick watch. It's fun. At two hours, seven minutes, there are some, there are a couple of post-credit scenes. I don't think they're really necessary. So if you don't stick for them, you're out two hours. Um, and at that point, it's a, it's a nice little two-hour summer action film. I'm going to give this film a 6.5 out of 10. Definitely recommend it. Uh, as I said, definitely playing defense for this film. But no, I, I really recommend it. I'd suggest seeing it in theaters. Yeah, I would say it's worthwhile. I'm, you don't have to. As I said, the action's not great. But if you don't watch it in theaters, I definitely suggest watching it. And Max. All right. Thanks for your time, everyone. Hope you're all having a good summer. Seth and I will be back soon with a full episode. Talk to you later. Bye.